podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone, this is Naishad Gadani coming to you from your career down under and yes, you guessed it right, I'm still in India and we found out yesterday that the city that I'm living in has got a curfew now. What it means is that I I will, uh, you know, as you can see, my kids are in the background as well. Uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's the part of you know, work from home. But we just found out yesterday evening that um, all the shops would be closed except the medicine and the milk bars. Uh, no oh, wow. grocery, no wages shops and everything else. So we are you know, a bit of you know, you know, stressed out. But having said that, I think I live in, a, you know, you know, in quite a privileged part of the, uh, you know, the society where you know, there, are, there are ways that we could work around. But there are other people who are struggling and who will be absolutely impacted beyond our imagination. But that's what the government decided to do to make sure that everyone is safe. Uh, but that's part of my life. So I've not stepped out of my home in last six weeks now. Um, uh, you know, it, it is, it is, it sometimes gets into my head, uh, but then I, you know, get myself involved in doing something else. So I keep on, you know, sort of forgetting, but this is not about me. LinkedIn Live is all about you, the listeners and, uh, you know, the, the idea of LinkedIn Live is to provide optimism, hope, and a bit of inspiration to job seekers and professionals out there who struggle a lot, who are struggling a lot right now. So that's what we do. We, uh, me and Caroline, uh, you know, pop up on your LinkedIn screen and so, you know, also on your Facebook screen every weekday, 3 p.m. Melbourne time to, to deliver a care package to you what we call a career care package. And we bring experts and, you know, uh, different guests onto this LinkedIn Live to bring new perspectives and new ideas to, you know, to, to ways to find work, to build your career. And uh, today it is, uh, you know, our absolute, you know, privilege to have one of the topmost experts in communication. Christina Kenters was, uh, you know, part of my one of my previous podcasts, uh, and she was quite gracious enough to 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 come and be on my podcast case when I was just starting out. Uh, so so and she is she's readily agreed to to come on LinkedIn Live, which is awesome. Uh, but before I introduce Christina, I want to welcome my co-creator, uh, you know, Caroline Brown uh, from Melbourne, Caroline. Thanks, Nash. Nash, you called me your co-conspirator yesterday, so I'm not sure. Uh, I'm glad it's become more collaborative. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fantastic to be here. Um, as Nash said, every day at 3 p.m. And I'm just reflecting on how blessed we are here in Australia, given what's going on for you, Nash, in, in India. Um, got really very little to complain about, I think, plus to have a lot of space to enjoy. So. 
Yeah, so we've got Christina on the show today and very excited to have you here, Christina, because um, both Nash and I help people find jobs and do coaching around interviewing and presentations and things like that. And one of the things that I always find is that everybody thinks that they're a great communicator um, because they can speak. So probably guilty of that myself. So um, we want to have a chat with you around um, what makes a good communicator um, particularly in this time where we're all having to do Zoom meetings and project ourselves um, more online. But I think it'd be really useful to start off with um, getting you to give our audience a rundown of the type of work that you do with people and how you came to be doing what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Caroline. And thanks, Neshad, for having me. I think it's amazing that you're doing this as a daily show. I... I do a weekly podcast and that's hard enough. That's enough work in itself. So to do a daily show is amazing. So, you know, thank you for, for the work that you're, you're both doing. Um, so I run a business called The C Method. People ask me what the C stands for. It's, I say that it stands for communication, connection and creativity because that's what I help people bring more of into their life. And also I'm Christina Cantors. So I figured that's, you know, genius it's a lot of <laughs> it is it is yeah. um I started off as an architect that was my technical background and I went through my own journey of learning how to become a better speaker because at university they make you get up and present your work but they don't teach you how to do it and I mm. remember getting so anxious at one point because the tutors would sit there and they would tear your work down in front of everyone and it was the worst experience or introduction to public speaking that you could have. And I remember there was one point where I got so anxious, I found myself running to the bathroom and just bursting into tears and shaking all over. And I remember thinking to myself, I never want to let this happen to me ever again. I do not want to experience this. And so I took it upon myself to learn how to be a better speaker. So I enrolled myself in a course and it was there that I learned that, oh, it's communication is a skill. It's just mm. like learning to ride a bike or learning how to code or, um, you know, learning how to bake a cake. You can learn it. And I this is the first mistake a lot of people make, Carolyn, is that they think, oh, communication is either something you have or you don't have. Mm. Some people are naturally confident on stage and others just aren't. Mm. And this is completely false. I learned firsthand that you can learn to become a better communicator. And so when I was in the workplace, I applied these new skills to my job and I put my hand up to speak and I gave presentations and um, I put myself out there and I made myself more visible in the workplace. Mm. And I saw, so this was in a, a company of 120 people, so it was very easy to get lost and to not mm. be seen. And I noticed that whenever there was an opportunity to be visible, to speak up, to do a presentation, everyone would look at the floor. They would point to each other. <laughs> you know, right. Sorry, you know. just doing that now. <laughs> yep, not not doing it. And I realize how many people fear speaking, yeah. or they don't want to communicate and put themselves out there and be visible. And I remember thinking, why are you? Why is no one else doing this? Mm. I didn't realize at the time that people were so fearful of being judged, of failing. Um, you know, I've been seen as not being good enough. But I, I put myself out there and I saw how 
much it benefited me in my career in that short period of time I was able to uh, move up in 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 the company and get great jobs and we had redundancies a lot of redundancies in architecture and I, I was never made redundant so I, I saw that it really did benefit me um, being able to speak up like that mm. and it got to the point where I I wanted to leave architecture and find more meaningful work for myself kudos to any architects out there it's really challenging I'm not certainly not cut out for it and I thought you know what I want to help other professionals to learn how to communicate better and to fulfill their potential because what what I see now in the clients that I work with is that many professionals are really talented at what they do they work really hard they're very qualified yet they're not getting the recognition or they're not seeing the advancement that they deserve purely because they don't believe in their value. They're not articulating this properly. They're not articulating their ideas well. Um, They don't know how to speak um, effectively with senior people or to present themselves well. And, And as a result of this, they hold themselves back from going for these opportunities and and then this means that they just don't progress in their career. And I get a lot of clients coming to me and saying things like, you know, so-and-so, you know, I, I had an idea but I didn't speak up. And then, you know, Michael, you know, had the same idea. In fact, his was worse but he spoke <laughs> up. And then they said, yes, and now he's got the recognition for it but it was my idea. And I was like, but you never said it. Um, so now I – so now the people I work with are – uh, ambitious professionals, people who want to get to that next level in their career, but they know that their communication is holding them back. And and I, I do this through one-on-one coaching. I run small group programs. Um, I have a, a, a membership site um, as well, which is more of an accountability program and, and a podcast as well, mm-hmm. which I release weekly. Yeah. So that's me in a, in a nutshell. I hope that was no, nutshelly enough. I was going to ask you about the change from architecture to, because I was obviously stalking your LinkedIn profile before um, we got on, but, yeah, the change from architecture to um, doing what you do. But one of the things just wanted to pick you up on, you know, around that fear that we have of public speaking, because apparently it's like the number one fear, um, which is bizarre when you think about all the horrible things that could happen to you in life. So, um why do we fear it so much? Is it around not seeing our own value or not believing in ourselves or is there something different in that as well? Well, that's that's definitely a component of it. Yeah. Um, and that that's a, that's a huge topic. So not believing in yourself or not believing that you have something worth sharing, mm. right, that also... That, that's not just restricted to public speaking. That also relates to being in a meeting, mm. right? So imagine if you don't believe that you are worthy or that you don't have any good ideas to share and you're in a meeting with a group of executives or senior people, that's going to hold you back from speaking up or even saying, hey, I disagree or, hey, I think that we should do this because you're mm. already there thinking, who am I to even be in this meeting? Why am mm. I here? I don't have anything useful to share. Why would they want to listen to me? You know, so that mindset is, it's crippling. It really mm. is crippling. So, um, and in the work that I do with people, the mindset is always the first place we start. Because mm. I could tell you, 
oh, you know, say say this or unclasp your hands and stop saying um. But none of that is going to work if you in here fundamentally don't believe that you deserve to be there. Mm. Um, but to, to your specifically to your question around where does that fear come from when it comes to public speaking, it's also around this fear of of being rejected, mm. and it's a very primal fear. You know, our brain has this fight or flight response that is there to keep us safe. Mm. So when it's so back in the you know caveman days when we would be about to be eaten by a bear, we would we would freeze up or we our adrenaline would pump and our, and our hearts would run like crazy and that would get us ready to fight or to run away because mm. um, our brain is trying to keep us safe. Whereas now when we get up to speak, we're still in that position of vulnerability. But our brain doesn't know the difference between getting eaten by a bear or being mm. publicly humiliated. Mm. It doesn't know that one of them is going to end in death and the other one is not. But mm. the response is still the same. Mm. Um, so learning to understand why you feel that fear and where it comes from is one of the first steps to then overcoming it. Because mm. when we can understand our fear, we can better manage it. How long does it take? And I, this is a how long is a bit of string question, so I don't expect mm. you know an exact. I'll do my best. Okay, is it two years? No. Um, how long does it take to actually acquire that confidence? Do you do because uh, people always get nervous, I think, but just to have the, the confidence around public speaking and to get better at it is is it something that take you could develop in a few weeks, or is it ongoing, or? Does it take months? Or yeah, that's a really good question. It's a really good question. And you're right, it does depend. It depends on a lot of different factors. Firstly, everyone needs to understand that everyone's at a different level. Right? Mm. So no one is at the same level because we all have different experiences. We all have different upbringings. We all have different you know, mindsets that are telling us all different things. So we're all at different levels. And for some people certain situations are scarier than others. So mm. I like to think of it as we all have our own little personal comfort bubble. So pretend that, you know, I'm on a very narrow screen here. So pretend you've got your in this little comfort bu bubble. When you push to the edge of that bubble, it gets, it, it hurts, right? It's, mm. it's, it's scary. You're like, oh, I don't want to go past there. So for you, maybe your comfort bubble is um, speaking up in a meeting right, simply or asking a question in a meeting mm -hmm. in front of 12 colleagues. So maybe that is scary for you, right? So you're here in this little bubble. So what your goal is, is to then challenge yourself to push out of that comfort bubble, right? Mm -hmm. So that will feel scary and you'll know it because your heart will race and you'll get a, a dry mouth and all of that, all of those physical sensations that indicate that you are feeling anxious. But mm -hmm. what might happen is you might ask the question, you'll speak up, and you wait for the terrible thing to happen, and then your manager might, and then your manager might turn to you and say, "Hey, Susan, that was a great question. Thanks for asking. I think we should do that." And then you go, "Oh!" And you've just successfully pushed past your little comfort bubble, right? Yeah. In that in that situation, so you might then, and that's where the confidence comes mm. from. So what I like to think of it as is the confidence doesn't come before you push out of the comfort bubble. Mm. You need the courage. So you need mm. courage to push through. And then once you're on the other side, then you feel a little bit more confident. Mm. Now then on the other side of that comfort bubble, you're not free. 
right? You're not free yet. What you find is there's another bubble. Exactly. (laughs) It's like a little bit bigger. And there's another bubble. And so for you, this might be um, giving a presentation to those same 12 people or maybe speaking up in a meeting of 50 people, right? So it's going to be a little bit different for you each time. And for everyone, their comfort bubbles are at different levels. Mm. So for me, I have worked really hard on pushing myself out of my comfort bubble multiple, multiple times. Mm. So I've done, I've pushed myself where, you know, I, I started a blog and then that was my first comfort bubble. Then I started a podcast and that was the next level. And then I did, and then I joined Toastmasters and then I did stand up comedy and then I went busking on the street and all oh, of those geez. things were terrifying, <laughs> right? So my comfort bubble is maybe relative to other people's quite, quite big but I still have one so there are still situations where I um you know still get nervous in because it's new to me Mm. right or it's in a it's in a different circumstance or it's with different people that I don't know so so everyone's got their different level um so it's up to you as the individual to it's it's an ongoing journey so it's not a destination that you just reach and you go, I'm confident now. Like, look at me. I'm, I'm super confident. It, it doesn't happen. Mm. Um, so I, I'm going to encourage everyone uh, watching or listening to this that it's your, it's your duty to, to challenge yourself every day mm. and to do those small things that scare you every single day, whether that's striking up a conversation with the checkout person at the supermarket or being the first to speak in a meeting or volunteering to do a short presentation. Just continue to do that um, every day or every week or as often as you can. And then before you know it, you'll get a year down the track or six months down the track and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing Mm. this thing now without even worrying. Mm. Was that what you you found most useful was sort of stretching yourself out of the bubble with getting more confident in communicating. Yeah, did you, absolutely. What did you learn about yourself in that? That's a really good question. Something that is key to communication is not just knowing how you communicate but also learning how other people communicate. Have you heard of the DISC communication styles before? Yeah, I've heard the name yeah. Yeah, not yeah, or like Myers-Briggs. There's, there's a yeah. bunch of different like personality tests where uh, and I'm sure many people have done them or heard of them uh, where you learn about yourself and how you behave and how you communicate and then how others do as well. Mm. And I'll give you an example. So, so this is a game changer for me. So something that I used to struggle with when communicating with people was you know how some people are naturally very direct Mm. and to the point and they're not very empathetic and they're not very like I'm gonna say nice like they don't come across as oh that's such a nice such a nice person they're just Mm. very like they're very they look at you and they ask you really direct (laughs) questions and they're very short Mm. as in like short to the point I used to get really flustered talking to those people I would think to myself oh my god are they mad at me what have I done am I am I boring them am I not talking quick enough Am, am I am I not and I would just worry that I'd said something wrong or they didn't like me. And then that would make me really anxious and then I would start to ramble and, and get all nervous. And, and as soon as you start to get nervous and anxious, your communication is going to drop. Mm. Um, your effectiveness is going to drop because we can't 
communicate clearly and be effective when we're in that fear response. Because mm. remember, when we're in fight or flight, we're preparing to run away or we freeze up. So the body's not allowing you to think rationally or respond mm. properly. So the anxiety, you know, it's, it's not going to help you. But what I learned, right, when I learned about DISC and different communication styles, I learned that some people are naturally more direct. They're mm. not impatient. I mean, they can be, but they just want to know the answer. So mm. they don't care about how your day is. They're not going to ask, how are you? How was your weekend? Because that's just not important to them. What's important to them is how are you going with that task? Can mm. you get the job done? When is it going to be delivered? So they, there's no fluff. They're just saying exactly what's needed. In fact, mm. they would say, why would I ask you about your holiday? Like, why does that even matter? <laughs> We're not talking holidays. We're, we're, talking talking about, we're here to talk <laughs> about work, right? Yeah. And, but then yeah. there's other people for whom building the relationship is important. So that's why, so you want to talk about their holiday because you want to feel that connection first and make a little bit of small talk first um, before you get into the work stuff. And then some people naturally like to tell more stories. I love to tell stories, you know, or they, they might, they like to add a little bit of fluff to their sentences because that's how they like to talk. Mm. And learning that there are different ways in which people naturally communicate and there's nothing wrong with you, right, that is so, so powerful. Mm. So when I learned that, I then started to learn that I can actually adapt the way that I communicate with people who are very direct and to the point. Mm. So when someone who's very direct and to the point says, ask me a very direct question, I just respond very directly back. Mm. I don't freak out. I don't go, oh, my God, are they mad at me? I just think to myself, that's just how they communicate. So I'm mm. going to communicate back to them in that same way and they'll appreciate that. Mm. That makes sense. You know the one I really struggle with is poker mm. face. It's just, you know, it's like when you get a poker-faced interviewer and you're like, I've got no idea because you – you get adept at reading the visual cues and you know, yes. with people, like you're saying, but the poker face one totally, totally flaws me. I find that I go on a massive ramble or just lose the plot basically. So, yeah. You know, I Maybe, once gave a talk. Oh, sorry, yeah. I once gave a talk to a group of accountants. <laughs> I'm pitying you already, but go yeah. on. <laughs> As you can tell, the way I speak, I'm very expressive. I smile a mm. lot. I'm very, and in person, I'm very energetic. I like to bring a lot of energy. And these accountants were all sitting, looking at me like this. Oh, God. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I know, right? In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, they're bored. I'm not interesting. Have I done something wrong? Do they not like me? And so I started to be even more over the top and excited because I'm like, well, clearly I'm not being energetic enough, so I need to do this more. Because when we get stressed, we tend to be more yeah. of what we already are. And yeah. what do you think that made them do? <laughs> they were like this even, like they were even <laughs> just scaring us now. And I learned, yeah. and since then, you know, I learned, oh, okay, so accountants tend to be more process driven they may not they're not necessarily very expressive and this is a gross generalization of course um, my accountant's very personable and he's very funny <laughs> um, but, but this is what I found in that one situation so it's you know if I'm giving a presentation to a group of sales managers 
you know, salespeople tend to naturally be more extroverted. They mm. tend to be more lively and expressive. So they're going to be more, yeah, rah, rah. So maybe I can bring the energy more because that's the way they like to be communicated with. Mm. So there's definitely a skill. It's not just about how you're speaking, but it's also mm. about how is what are the other people doing and how do they want to be spoken to? Mm. That definitely makes sense. That sense. Nish, have we got any? I'm sorry, I've been going blah blah and asking all the questions, but no, 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 no. That that's fine. I, I I'm really enjoying the the discussion. So you know, I'm also picking up a couple of things. So we don't have a lot of questions, but we've got a lot of uh, affirmative comments. Uh, yeah. You know, people are saying that that's what uh, great communicators should do. So I think it's echoing what what you're saying, Christina is echoing mm. with people. One person commented that this is so relatable. Uh, you know, freezing, you know, at the moment, you know, when you are faced with that, you know, so that's quite relatable. You know, I can I can give you one example of the of my bubble, you know, especially when it comes to to, you know, when, when I'm walking down into the shopping center and I see someone selling something, uh, you know, I I. I literally find a way out and I've, I've invented new ways. The first way is to pick my phone out and say, hi, darling. Yes, I'm going to bring that. Yes. No, 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 don't worry about it. And I just walk past. But I'm so afraid that I will actually buy that stuff, you know, so I don't have, a, you know, a lit I really don't have the courage to say, you know what, I don't want this right now. And thank you very much. But I just feel that I might offend this person because he's or she's doing fantastic work for collecting, you know, money for people who desperately need it. But I don't have enough money right now with me. So I, I find that that, you know, it's unusual, you know, that you, a lot of people can say no effective and you know what, go away. But I find it so difficult to, you know, to, to get out of that comfort. That's the one that once we are off the curfew and once the lockdown ends, that's the one that I will have to, really practice when I'm back in Australia, um, mm. you know, when you know, walking down in the shopping centers. But can I ask you a question? About, yes, please go ahead. Sorry, can I ask you a question, Naish? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What are you afraid that will happen if you say no directly to them? I think I don't want to be said no. So that's why I feel that they will also feel offended or but they why, will feel rejected. But why don't you want to say no? Because I, do, I, I know what are they selling and what are they, you know, what the product and service. I, I have made up their mind even before I'm listening to them. And I am sure that I don't want to, to, to buy or purchase that particular service so that's how I find uh, a way to not even engage with them mm -hmm. yeah it's really interesting when we notice you know for everyone watching this you know if you can think of a situation where you notice yourself getting anxious or trying to avoid that's usually a sign of something that's going on in on in here and you know Nashad, maybe there's you said before that you don't want them to feel rejected um, you know, and that shows you care a lot about other people's feelings. You know, you, you may not want to hurt their feelings. I'm also curious as to is there something in there where maybe you're worried that they might think that you are not a very nice person for rejecting them. 
So there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, playing playing out here. And usually we have the fear of, uh, you know, what what people are thinking about us. You know, so that's so for everyone listening, it's it's it's. I mean, and it can be hard to do that for yourself. And this is why, you know, this is why having a coach or an accountability partner or or something comes in handy because they can ask you those questions and help you to to think. Okay, well, why am I feeling anxious around this? What is the real you know, what's really going on here? Mm. Um, yeah, not always easy to do that by yourself. I Thanks for playing along. Yeah, and, and one, one other thing is that I, if I, I don't want to feel rejected myself, so that's what comes up, that I don't want someone else to feel that way. Mm. Uh, but it, it, that five minutes are in my head, it's horrible because I'm, I'm, I'm actually you know enjoying everything and suddenly something gets stopped and I have to find I literally physically have to find a way out of the I sometimes go around the whole floor to to get to where I have to go just to make sure that I avoid that it's mm -hmm. yeah but it, something that came up but that's the bubble that I will have to uh, that's a that's an opportunity for me to break through yeah. uh, that bubble uh, you know so if we go back to the the kind of current climate around you know the the boom in the zoom uh, you know communication that we are seeing you know what are your observations because i'm pretty sure that you uh, you know i have had my fatigue yesterday of you know watching screen and delivering sessions and and engaging with people you know so you you know you are observing by for yourself and you must be observing what your clients are saying or what the you know, what everyone is saying, what are your observations around it? How yeah. people can be better at these communications? Yeah, it's a really good point and definitely very relevant. Um, it is challenging with the Zoom calls and I think everyone needs to be kind to themselves and, and, and know that, you know, maybe you're not going to be as effective on Zoom as you can be in person and that's okay. And maybe you are feeling the Zoom fatigue and you're feeling drained and not as energised and that's also okay. I've had clients saying to me, you know, Christina, I'm trying to manage a team and I'm trying to keep up the same level of productivity as before home isolation and I'm I'm trying to you know, do all this stuff. And I'm like, it's but it's okay to not be as effective as you were. You know, so we it's okay to take this pressure off yourself and just and and accept the fact that it's it is going to be more difficult. So one of the challenges that Zoom or virtual meetings present is that we lose a layer of of the communication. So when we communicate a message, it's generally made up of our nonverbal communication. So that's our our body language. And that can make up to, I mean, the stats vary, but from 55 to 80% of our message is actually portrayed through our nonverbals. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the tone of voice. So I could say, you might ask me how I am and I might say, oh, I'm fine. Or I might say, I'm fine. <laughs> Same <laughs> words, <laughs> but coming across very differently. Mm -hmm. And then finally, you've got the words that you're saying, which is only around 7% in terms of how much of your that overall message makes up. So we need to understand that when you're on Zoom, you're not actually, you're not, you're only seeing this, this part of me. You're actually not even seeing my arms right now, right? I, I mean, I don't know if you can only see my thin, the thin screen, right? You can't see my legs. You can't see really if, 
how where I'm leaning. I'm not even probably looking at you in the eye because I'm looking at you on the screen and not in my webcam, which is up here. So we're losing that layer of communication already. And as humans, we naturally tend to pick up on different nuances like facial expressions and the way someone's sitting and, you know, are they leaning in because they're interested or maybe hunched over because they're feeling a bit insecure. You know, there's all these little things that we um, unconsciously can pick up that we don't get. Um, through Zoom. So that can make it harder. And especially it depends if the, the, the video quality is not very good. You're not seeing people's facial expressions. Uh, so, so that makes it difficult. Not to mention if there's bad internet or your audio sounds bad, then that, that makes it even more difficult. So we're dealing with a lot at the moment. So in terms of, you know, what people can do, the first thing is to just be aware of that um, and, and like I said, to be, you know, a bit more kind to yourself and, and let go of, of what you might be, you know, what you the expectations that you might normally put on yourself. Um, and also keep in mind that everyone else is also really tired and fatigued and doing it hard at the moment. So it's about having that empathy and, you know, for example, you know, if I'm speaking to, to Caroline and, and, and she's not like, yeah, like really excited, you know, like we were talking about before, to not freak out and go, is she bored? You know, what is she thinking? Is she judging me? Does she think I'm no good? You know, just, you know, because someone might be like this in their chair, sort of back here, and you can't even see them properly. And, mm. you know, we tend to make then judgments about what they're thinking about us. Um, so those are some of the some of the challenges I've seen. Was there something in particular you wanted to go into about that? No, I, I think this is this is what I wanted to touch on because I think you rightly pointed out is that some of the things that we normally take for granted is mm. not there. I think we have seen a lot of funny Zoom videos where people have put posters up there while they were sipping beer in the behind and then the post of <laughs> sorry you didn't see that glass of wine that I've got down here. <laughs> yeah, you know and, and, and you know, and that's that's like just because you know how fatigued you are. But I think you're right. I think I, you know, yesterday I remember I delivered a one a one to one and a half hour webinar, and I was absolutely knackered by that. You know, I was like, because I'm continuously talking and I'm continuously mm -hmm. keeping my energy up. And secondly, is the is the is what I want to touch on is the equipment sides because that also plays a you know very very critical role, right? Yeah. And then whether you've got you know your IT equipment or so communication equipment really of of uh, you know good quality and you know you got to know how to effectively use them because I've you know funnily enough I, I'm carrying all my stuff uh, you know from Australia I didn't realize that I would be locked down here for a couple of months and I've got my USB microphone I've got this I bought a tripod from Thailand so I and I I don't know maybe the universe knew that nation will be locked down in India for a couple of months. So <laughs> They don't carry everything, but you know. But but you know, I, I think that these are the things that makes it. So tell us about the 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 you know the equipment stuff as well because that's that's a bit technical, but it is still important yeah. because that could be a barrier. Or yes. In that, so if you can run us, you know, give us some more idea on that. Sure. Um, well, as a podcaster, I'm a bit of a, an audio snob, so I love good audio, and. You know, we've all been in that Zoom call where the someone sounds like they're far away 
or they sound like they're in a bathroom and it's very echoey or you can hear, have you been in a Zoom call where you can hear your voice echoing through someone else's speakers? It's very distracting. So all of these things are, are distracting and make it difficult to get your message across well or to hear other people. So yes, paying a bit of attention to the equipment you're using will really help. Now, I always recommend firstly wearing headphones like these. This means that the audio goes straight into your ears and isn't being echoed around, you know, and then back into your to your microphone again. So this will also help you to hear clearly. Having, I think, Nashad, you've got some a built-in mic on your headphones here. Uh, these these work really well. You've got yes, that, it's yeah. A, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. Yeah. Now, I know these are considered quite old school now because everyone's got Bluetooth or AirPods or whatever. Um, oh, they've got the headsets. And look, some of them work well, but I've also heard Bluetooth headphones that don't work very well at all. So it might be worth recording yourself on a Zoom call and then listening back just to hear how you sound. The next, so, But that's the first step anyway. I've also heard some headsets like you can hear the person breathing on them. Have you heard that? Or it's like brushes on their face or it's like, ah, like and that's really off-putting as well. So just be aware of that. But a microphone, an external microphone that you plug into your computer, it's called a USB microphone. That is a type of microphone that I highly recommend. This one that I'm using is called, take it first. Oh, can you still hear me? Yes. Is that fine? Yes. So this one's called a Swamp D USB. Oh, it's a bright light. It just looks like, just looks like that. And it's like 80 Australian dollars. It's not bad. Not expensive because you can get mics that are like hundreds of dollars. You don't need to spend hundreds of dollars. Um, I use this mic for all my podcasts as well. So that works really well. So this plugs straight into the USB port in your um, computer. And as you can hear, I mean, I, I can't hear my the audio that you're hearing, but am I coming across crystal clear? clear? Yeah. But you can hear if I move away, if I move away, it fades out, mm. right? So it, you do need to be quite close in there. But having a separate mic will definitely help you to, to speak more, um, to set, come across more clearly. Yeah, I think after after you suggested, I actually got a USB microphone for myself. But surprisingly, it doesn't give the same voice quality because I think we've I've used it for a couple of you know LinkedIn lives and the the voice was very soft. <laughs> and that is primarily to do with my you know the USB connections and everything else. But I I think the idea of USB microphone is is awesome because as you rightly pointed out, is that its clarity is absolutely amazing uh, you know there's yeah. less distractions because if if somebody comes here and you know talks to me i know this is going to catch that but that usb microphone won't because it's quite omnidirectional and it just yeah. catches up you know you know you know communication that way so that's really great uh caroline if you've got question and then while i check the linkedin live stream yeah sure one of the things i wanted to ask was around like your physicality. So are there any great exercises that you can do to get the, the energy flowing up and through your voice and through your actions before a presentation that you're doing? Is there anything that you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Uh, there are a couple things that I like to do 
if I'm noticing myself very being very uh, if I'm noticing myself being being nervous and I've got a lot of pent up energy, I will put on my headphones and put on a really happy song and I'll dance like crazy and I'll just dance out all of my energy. Mm. That's one way. Um, another way is the complete opposite and that is to do a grounding exercise. So this is where you stand with your feet underneath your hips and you just, it's it's like a mindfulness exercise where you focus your feet on the ground and you imagine that you've got, I like to imagine I've got tree roots growing out from my feet and rooting me into the ground. Mm-hmm. And then I, I squeeze and I do this exercise with uh, when I run workshops as well. I'll tell people to squeeze their calf muscles, squeeze their knees, squeeze their thighs, squeeze their butt, like squeeze your butt really hard <laughs> and it brings and it brings your awareness to your yeah. lower body and you feel, you feel strong, like you mm. can't be pushed over. Mm. So if you're standing there to present and you've got your feet crossed over and your hips to one side and you look like I could physically push you over, you're mm. not going to be in a very, you're not coming from a, you know, a strong foundation from which to speak. Mm. So, you know, standing with your feet apart, bringing that awareness to your lower body, keeping your upper body relaxed because you don't want to be tense up here, but mm. I find that squeezing the lower body, uh, you know, helps draw attention to there. And then the next step is to do some breathing. Mm. So deep breathing into, into the diaphragm will help to reduce um, the anxiety as well because it circulates the oxygen through your system and it tells your brain that everything's fine. Mm. You know, we're, like, we're falling asleep. We're so relaxed. We're, mm. we're chilled. The breathing that we don't want is the like the short chest breathing, which is what you do when you're running away from something. Mm. Again, the fight or flight response. So the breathing really helps um, to calm to calm you down, and there are many you know breathing exercises you can do for your vocal tone in terms of being able to project well as well. Because if you don't have air in your lungs, you're not going to be able to speak with much yeah. projection. You're going to be like creaking your voice like this. Yeah. Yeah. So that that breath is important. Yeah, one of the things I used to find really useful that just seemed to make a big difference was. Just telling myself I was going to enjoy the presentation, like, like instead of dreading it and going, yeah, I'm going for a presentation, it's going to be great, I'm going to connect with everybody, they're going to get me, it's all going to work well. And it was amazing, just that simple mind switch into this will be fun, I'm going to enjoy it versus, oh, God, another presentation. Um, really, really made a difference. So, And um, there's that great TED Talk by Amy Cuddy, you know, the one with the power poses and things like that. I often do the Wonder Woman before I do a presentation. I found that to be fantastic as well. So um, and that's a great TED Talk if anybody's um, interested to, to Google that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. I think that mindset. Excellent. Um, Go ahead, Christina. I'll just, uh, oh, no, you know, find the question as a question. I know I've only Go got ahead. a few minutes left. Yeah. Uh, the question is, uh, da, 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 okay, how to stop being conscious uh, of yourself while on a video call and not feel mm-hmm. awkward? Uh, what are some of your thoughts on that? And this is the last question, audience, and then we will wrap up this call. Sure. Well, I think that question applies to any situation because a lot of people feel self-conscious 
you know, not even on a on a video call, really. Um, so look, this is it's a big one because it doesn't just happen like that, right? We were talking before, Caroline, about mm-hmm. how long does it take to build confidence? You know, it, it takes time and it takes it takes that effort. So feeling self-conscious, one big step to take is to stop caring mm-hmm. what other people's think what other people think about you. Because the self-conscious part of it comes from do they think I am? You know, mm-hmm. do they think I'm boring? Am I coming across as this? Am I, you know, am I not smart enough? Am I not funny enough? If you just stop caring and go, well, you know what? I don't care what you think of me because mm-hmm. I'm here for another purpose and that is to share a message or, you know, whatever that purpose is. You know, that is that is one of the key things to removing or minimising that, that feeling of self-consciousness. Now, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy um, and it takes time to, to shift, but that is that is a, a really powerful thing to just aim for letting go of, just letting go mm. of this desire to be liked by people, this desire mm. to have other people's approval, mm. you know. And then what happens is you then start to feel comfortable with just being who you are and it, and you're fine with that because you, you just don't care what other people mm. think. Mm. And it won't ever go fully go away. Um, mm. I still care what people think about me, um, but I used to care a lot more. Mm. But I care a lot less now, and that helps me to express myself in a way that that I want without worrying um, so much about what people think. And being a lot more authentic about it, I would imagine as well. So we do. I mean, yeah. we do get so caught up. I was just reflecting on what Nash was saying about um, being sold to by the, the vendors in the street. You know, it's this complex thing going on in your head around: Will I offend them? Will they like me? You know, I wouldn't like to be all sorts of things that, that go on in that, that scenario that get in the way of just saying no or saying yes. But, yep. um, yeah. So, And I think turning, um, coupling that also with shifting your focus, like what you were saying, Caroline, about how you shift your focus when you present instead of thinking, oh, I have to do this terrible presentation, mm. how awful, going, you know, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. Mm. You know, another thing I like to think of is it's an opportunity this is an opportunity for me to share this thing that I'm that I feel so strongly about. So mm. if you in a meeting for example, if you shift your focus to, you know, I'm here to connect with my colleagues or I'm mm-hmm. here to share some new updates or a new idea that I have, you know, that's that, that people need to hear. If you have that mindset coupled with the thought process of and I don't care if you like it or not, I'm just mm. going to put it out there. Mm. Then that all going to help help a lot mm, all right that brings us to the end of uh, today's LinkedIn live uh caroline uh do you have any questions anything that you want oh, dozens more but i'm very conscious of the um of the time so it's been absolutely fantastic christina thanks for sharing i know that everyone would have gotten great value out of that because we've you've touched on so many things that people struggle with and I think it's affirming for people to know that it's a lifelong, you know, even somebody who's as polished as you, is a, it's a lifelong journey as well. That, and I love your analogy about the bubble, you know, keep keep stepping in, poking the bubble and stepping out. I think that's yeah. 
um, you know, really practical thing that, that people can do as, as hard as it might be, basically. So, um, yeah, from my point of view, just reminding everybody that we that I will be putting the link to sign up for daily notifications in the comments. Got that out in one sentence. And um, we've got a great guest for tomorrow as well, Nanish. That's right. Christina, thank you very much again. You've been absolutely sensational. And some of the things that I think, you know, uh, Caroline did mention about the analogy, but I think there are there are a lot of gold nuggets to take away from this. So thank you again. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really fun. And all the best with the rest of your LinkedIn lives. Keep them up. <laughs> We've set a big task. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody who tuned in. Uh, if you want to find out uh, more about what we do, we turn all this LinkedIn Live into podcasts too. So you'll see the you know, podcast details coming up on the screen now. You can go and check out your career down under and download all the amazing uh, you know, LinkedIn Live that we have turned into a podcast. And tomorrow we have another interesting guest. And tomorrow we are going to talk about robots and artificial intelligence and machine learning and everything that you are frightened of. Uh, <laughs> but we want to talk. We want to talk about it because it's an it's an important concept to talk about. But don't worry, we are not going to you know make you leave your job or you know get you to resign from the job and and consider why the hell do I work anyway. So we want to have a productive, constructive discussion around the importance of artificial intelligence and the impact on future of work. So don't forget to tune in. Until we see you tomorrow, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay indoors, everyone. See you later, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how your career down under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au. And if you have got a question about today's episode, or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.